Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Today we are joined by the lovely Selena Gray. Thank you for joining us, Selena. Thank you so much for having me. So, Selena, what is your business? What has you passionate? My business is Money Boss. And just like the title says, I am so passionate about money. I've been a CPA um, for well over a decade now. And that has just evolved into this focus on really helping people understand their relationship to money on three distinctive ways. It's through the mind. So I like to say that's through numbers, which seems logical. Most people think of money being numbers. And then through the heart next, which is ways people think about money as to values in their life, how it shows up and what's important. And then lastly, uh, your gut, which for me is a gut check to make sure it's really in alignment with your life and what you actually want to do so that money is flowing in your life in a meaningful way. And so that's a very untraditional CPA approach. And I came to that, um, you know, really from a love of numbers and money as a young child. And that evolved into accounting. And I, I had worked for my dad's small business and loved it. And that morphed into really me becoming a severe workaholic, being completely obsessed with money in all the wrong ways, looking for validation on the outside with praise and power. And it ended up making me so physically sick, I almost lost my life. And yeah, and so since then, you know, I really became a student of conscious wealth. And so for many years, now I've had this company and really harmonizing money in a different way so that money doesn't always need to equal power. It's it's harmony for your life. Oh, I absolutely love what you were doing. You were preaching to the choir here. (laughs) Wonderful. Completely breaching the choir. And what is your family situation? So I have two daughters. I have a nine-year-old stepdaughter and a three-year-old little girl. And um, I'm always, you know, helping them with money. And my partner, Chris, has um, a couple of businesses as well. And he's really ingrained. And we have very uh, regular money conversations in our family. So what are the con- what are some of the conversations you're having with a nine-year-old and a three-year-old around the subject of money? Because a lot of people think that kids aren't interested, kids don't understand, and I'm going, no, they're completely into it. But what are the the conversations you have in your household with the kids? 
Well, there's so many different layers. Like we don't even understand how money shows up in day to day life. Like when we're out and about, you know, kids always want things, right? And so we can have conversations on what's really important about prioritizing those things and, and having honest conversations about how to use money for all of their life, both today and in the future. So the three-year-old, as soon as she stopped consuming money, I literally started teaching her about it. And she um, regularly plays with it, talks about it. And so you keep it age specific. So for her, she's not really understanding, you know, the concepts, but she knows that we need to, you know, go to the bank and we have debit cards and actual money. We're learning about those concepts. So she becomes very familiar with it. So it's part of her day to day life. And then the nine year old is learning amazing lessons about um, things that words like afford or want to have because we subconsciously plant these things to our children about old stories we've heard from our parents. You know, often one that I hear regularly is we can't afford that. Oh, which is horrible, horrible words. Exactly. And it really diminishes, you know, the goal of what money uh, changing your relationship to money is. So we have regular conversations about how she can use her imagination to use money as a tool for her life, that it's just part of her life and she can use it to save up and to give to causes that she believes in and just have regular conversations. So we will talk about the fact that when you go to the store, what something costs. And, you know, how a, a debit card just doesn't have an endless amount of money. Yeah. You mean it's not magic? Exactly. So we're talking about it in a practical way because for, for lots, I see this a lot with my clients, that kids just assume it's never ending or a source of stress because they hear their parents fighting about it. So my conscious effort is to talk about money in a meaningful way, but in day-to-day habits. As it shows up, there's lots of lessons to talk about and and have a free forum to ask questions, even if, Even if the answer, you know, feels uncertain, that's what I want for them is to feel confident and empowered and independent in their money choices always. Oh, we are such kindred spirits because I get asked all the time on like, how can you teach kids? I'm going, well, money is a part of absolutely everyday life. Like when you go and buy groceries and understanding that, yes, you're exchanging money and for, for these things and. Absolutely. And I've had like last summer, this wonderful little, little guy, he started a business because his parents were saying we can't afford things. And he's like, well, that's not fair. So they hired me and we came in and we talked about how their imagination is really limitless, right? And so when we put on the ceiling of we can't afford something, kids listen to their parents. They're like, oh, I guess we can't afford it. But instead, if we just transition that wording to be like, Wow, let's, you know, think of a strategy or a ways to find the money. Can you think of any ways? Like, is yeah, there? Rather than we can't afford it, how could we afford it? Exactly. So he ended up like going door to door offering to like blow dry dogs, you know, with his little blow dryer and wash them up. And he did really well with it. He was so proud. And they sent me pictures about how, you know, he wanted this really expensive Lego set and he did it on his own and he was so proud of himself. And that's what money lessons is in its entirety is is empowering children to make decisions that they will be able to utilize for the rest of their life. And that is so absolutely vital and important, fanning that entrepreneurial spirit and going, okay, how can I do this? How can I be making money and things like that? Because even if they wanted a proper job, they can't get one until they're 14. But man, they can start businesses and the things that they can learn. Absolutely. Like, that's one thing I'll say in my childhood, because I was so fascinated by money, 
I was always like hustling. I remember I, there was these little old ladies that lived on my street and they were adorable little grannies. And I used to like go to them with everything. I was selling them magazines and wrapping paper until they were literally hiding behind trees trying to get away from me. <laughs> it was a really good lesson that, you know, money was a tool to get the things you wanted. And then I always kind of had two or three jobs. I was babysitting or pumping gas or whatever as I grew up. And I feel like that was a really vital skill that helped me learn about multiple streams of cash flow growing up. And and that's that's another one that is so vital because there are so many people that, yes, you can have a really good job, but if there's a downturn in the economy or the company gets bought and people get downsized and right-sized and they find out, oh, yeah, I only had one source of income. And right. maybe that's not that safe. Yeah, and I've had a, a plethora of clients who start out, you know, excited about their career. Maybe they went to university and they find that their personality, maybe they outgrow that type of career. And so when you have multiple streams of income, you know, it gives some diversity and, and can keep you connected to the things you really love doing. And well, what a, there's many stats that show that, that our kids are going to do seven total and complete different career changes before they retire and so many kids are like well you ask them well what do you want to do with your life and they shut down because well that's terrifying how many adults do you know that are doing the exact same thing that they said they wanted to do at 18 it's like what do you want to learn how can you do it how can you gather skills and what can you take on to the next step that you're going to be doing I agree it's really a mindset thing like we often expect you know teenagers to to pick a path that they're going to set forward for you know the rest of their life potentially and then you realize well your 18 year old self you know wasn't as educated or life experienced as you expected and that makes perfect sense that you're going to have some progression and changes based on your own life experiences so I love that it's really just gathering skills and learning lessons and and making sure you keep your options open because if we pigeonhole ourselves too much with money it can be very detrimental to our overall health oh complete agreement for me on that one so what are what are some of the questions your daughters are asking especially more the older one because she's obviously uh more mature and more aware of things but what what are some of the questions she's asking well just an example from this week we were one of her favorite places is bulk barn she loves going to you know get a few treats and so that's a fun day for us so we we were running some errands and in between we stopped there and so She's like, well, you know, how much do you think this is going to cost? And I said, oh, well, we have to weigh them and there's different amounts. And so she was actively trying to figure this out. And I was so impressed with her because really the mindset could have been, I'm just going to get as many treats as I can, as much as I can. And her level of thinking with money is just like, oh, I'm going to make sure I get what I value, the certain treats, but I want to understand it more. And so my heart was just beaming watching her because she's really soaking up the lessons or, you know, we're interacting, you know, say at a, a festival here where we live. And she was just watching other kids talking um, to their parents about money. And she was questioning it. She's like, oh, well, you know, what is what does the parent mean by that? And so Again, my heart just beams because she, we've planted a seed for her to observe in a new way and ask questions so she can filter it through her own lens. And that means she's learning, and I love it. Oh, very much. And and how does she interact with her, her friends and stuff? Because you guys are in a very money-progressive household, which is absolutely wonderful, but you guys are outliers. So right. 
how is she interacting with her friends that chances are they're not in as a financially progressive household because that's more the norm. Right. I think that's, you know, coming. I haven't gotten as many questions about that. She does ask, but I think, um, you know, when her friends come over because, you know, they know a little bit about my business, they start asking questions and we have good conversations about how money shows up in their life. So I think she likes to, to bring up what I do for work as a, as a talking point to her friends. So that makes me feel really good because it makes me feel like she's secure with money. So I can't wait to watch that blossom over time. I think we're just at the beginning stages, but even though it's, you know, on her mind is such a win. Well, and and it's on her mind in a positive, healthy way. There's, there's so many kids that are stressing about money because like you said, they, they, they see their parents fighting or the parents are doing everything they can to shelter the kids from it. And they think that they're not noticing and picking up on it, but oh, they are. They are. And they take on the energy. Like if it's really negative energy, they take it on. And, and it's, in my opinion, it's far better to have them learn the lessons younger so that though the scope of the financial disaster is much lesser than if they were just, you know, testing it out in adulthood. I've seen all kinds of disasters that way. And her dad is really uh, active role in this too. Like he, he'll be like, okay, you know, on Saturday we're going to go to the rentals and we're going to, you know, pick up this set of keys. And so she's learning, you know, about the multiple streams of income and knowing, you know, that that's just commonplace and, and, you know, talking about what she might be interested in. And so it's just, I feel like a really healthy conversation and one that I'm so happy to be a part of. And how does how does that work with when she's spending time with her her other family, her biological mom? Her other family is so in alignment with where we're headed. We have regular Sunday dinners, um, you know, when it works for everyone, and we have conversations. Like I remember one of the talks was, you know, when we get the this house, you know, we buy the next one, we'll have conversations like maybe you want to use this as a rental and everyone kind of chimes in. And so I feel like that's really healthy. Oh, that's super healthy. <laughs> yeah, I actually just did a, a Facebook post about this because it's really important for us to have a really strong, united, modern family definition where everyone has a voice and we all are about the greater good. So like I have a Facebook group. Uh, she's a money boss. Um, my daughter, my daughter's biological mom is in, in that group and she's very supportive of it. And we have honest, real conversations about it. And, and sometimes, you know, cause life is not always perfect. It, it's all about the greater good. That's the important part. And, and we all agree that money is a part of it. So. Well, and the, and the, and the fact that you guys are being realistic and open and, and, and working for the benefit of the kids, which is so wonderful. And when I see that happen, it's like the best because just because the relationship didn't last with the parents doesn't mean that it needs to be negative and can't move forward and be positive. Agreed. When parents are fighting and all all the backbiting and stuff, that is so bad for absolutely everyone. Yeah, and our mandate is really like then there's just more people to love and more love for the children. And like my three-year-old, has no idea that they are, you know, that is not her entire family. She just is growing up with more love. And I think that's wonderful. And if we can, as grownups, have honest conversations that better children with money or life or whatever, it's all going to benefit them and give them, you know, the confidence and the independence to make good choices in the future. 
So with with you being a money boss and, and the teaching and the kids and stuff, like um, it's really easy to deal with things when it's your own kids. But what are some of the things that your clients are asking you about in dealing with kids and money and the questions that they have? Absolutely. So um, a client this summer is wanting to empower their 13 year old because that's a really important time where, you know, you've got a really, you know, high pressure friend group trying different types of things. And so they engage me to work with her to find her voice around money and really talk about the things she wants to do. So we've, we've got a plan to really implement some financial yoga. So you take the principles that, you know, bring in meditation and, and really journaling to figure out what you like and really use it in a way that's specific to her age group. So she gets to know herself and what choices she can make and use that to, to make the family stronger. So then we take her beliefs and bring that up to the family unit and then make sure, for example, she, the family decided for her to have an allowance. So then we automated it. So she gets paid each and every day so she can rely on that money. She knows it's coming. It's treated as though it's a salary. So then she can make choices and not hound her parents for money and really give her that independence and a tool belt to combat some of the peer pressure. So you said financial yoga. That's not a term I've ever heard before. Tell me more about that. So the premise for me is that I just take kids, you know, of course, with parents' blessing to a place that they love. So in this case, you know, just near her home, you know, by a lake and we take our yoga mats and we just sit in nature because for me, that's whenever we have any kind of stressors, that's the first place you go. You kind of sit in nature and you have just honest conversations without you know, the parents around so she feels, you know, worked up or, you know, she can be honest in her truest self. And then we just work through some some poses and some breathing that helps her stabilize her energy and stabilize some of her emotions that she feels because 13 is highly emotional. Oh, majorly. You've got all the hormones going. And like you said, the peers are having a bigger influence and they're 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 having they're starting to separate from mom and dad. It Yeah, it's a huge step. So it's just giving her a toolkit. So like if, you know, she's feeling a little bit overwhelmed, she can, you know, do some of that yoga practice for herself in her room. And and I relate that in all age groups. So even for adults, I talk about financial yoga, but just rephrase it in a way. You know, I call it, you know, the analogy is like if you've ever gone to hot yoga and you walk into that room and it's just warm and inviting and the energy feels good and you're going through your practice and you come out feeling balanced and grounded and, and excited about, you know, starting your day. That is exactly the analogy I hope for when we do financial yoga. We target some of our wins and some of the things we do really, really well and some of our goals and what we want to work on going forward. So it's positive. It's it's really enforcing using your, your mind, your heart and your soul to, to change your relationship with money at any age. Oh, that is so interesting. Yeah, I, I I practice it myself, and I strongly believe in it. And I love watching how families put their own spin on it because, for me, a relationship to money has to be of your own understanding. So you can take some of these tools and use them for yourself, and then add a few more. So that's what I'm excited for her. Is you know she's currently on vacation, so I told her I said pay attention to the things that really excite you about money while you're on vacation and journal about them, and then when we're doing our financial yoga, we can come back and really work at that at a deeper level together. So it makes her feel excited. 
Well, and that's that's how people need to be. Like so many people are money is negative, money is fearful, it's stressful, it's it's all the bad stuff and and they don't have the energy to embrace the positive stuff and and to have the creativity and the wherewithal to deal with it. They they abdicate their their responsibility and avoid it and then they wonder why they have stress and trouble. Exactly. And for me, it's about starting within first, because when we're we're centered, we can weather any storm. And so it's getting a set of tools that help you reframe your money relationship, because we don't realize how all the noise of money in society, the marketing, you know, the interactions in childhood where we don't learn budgeting in school or how to do our own taxes. And, you know, your parents may be saying, you know, we can't afford this or money is evil. It all imprints in our subconscious. And so when we make an active choice to see money with a new lens and start using some of these guiding principles that I believe in uh, to reframe that relationship with money, everything becomes calmer because just like we discussed, money is in everything. So for a lot of clients, very high net worth clients, they've reached out and said, look, I've got the money, but I still have the high stress and I really need to work through that. And when you are feeling good about yourself, your money kind of harmonizes around you as well. Oh, everything. When I'm dealing with clients, the the biggest part of my job is the counseling because I'm going, putting together the plan and doing the numbers, that's easy. But if you don't have your life set up, if you're not emotionally prepared to deal with it and go forward, there's there's no point because you're not going to stick with it. 100% agreement. You know, so many people will be like, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm binge spent overspending and then I tighten it up and it's just like a form of dieting and instead you're using yeah, money. Yeah, very to- unhealthy. It makes things worse. <laughs> yeah, and you're not getting to the root of the problem, which is how you view money. Uh, so starting with that first can really change everything. And I've seen it, um, you know, with hundred, hundreds or thousands of times over the years and if that transformation really changes everything and it's beautiful. And that's why I'm so excited about money because you can literally change your your actions today and, and it will impact you going forward forever. Oh, wonderful. So to wrap up, if, if, if you could make sure that kids know three things by the time they graduate high school and, and they're going out into the adult world, what are the three things that you would say kids need to know in order to be financially successful? Oh, that's that's a loaded question. Of I think course it is. <laughs> there's so many things that come to mind, but I think one of the first ones um, if you're 17 years old and you're like finishing up high school to say, embrace all of the lessons, you're going to make mistakes, learn from them. You can make financial mistakes and you can recover from them. We make mistakes in the rest of our life. This is the same thing. You just need to make sure you learn the tools and take those lessons and do better. Secondly, I would say, trust your gut. I think that's where I fell short. I was such an overachiever with with money and I ended up getting obsessed with the numbers side of it. And so learning to really trust your body and, and your intuition is a skill that is underutilized. So if you keep up with, you know, the meditation and the practice and and working hard at that, trusting your gut is going to be a useful skill set for the rest of your life. And then thirdly, develop a money dream team for yourself. And that dream team 
is going to be a set of experts that can really help guide you and make sure you're checking into your money goals and making sure things are automated. And you can ask questions in a meaningful way, no matter what you have people in your court. So that could be, you know, from moment one, sitting with a certified financial planner. And that could sound intimidating. So that's when parents can really come in. But that's certainly what I would tell my 17 year old self is get that dream team, a CFP. So you can start a savings plan right away. And really working with a money coach is the second piece to help you learn cash flow and your values and how you'd like to spend money so that you know when you get with a partner going forward, you can have honest conversations about that. So you're educating yourself on regular cash flow. And then adding to the dream team as needed. Like if you're an entrepreneur, you should have a bookkeeper. So just keeping that in your tool belt is just empowering yourself to make decisions and you don't always need it to do it alone. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the podcast. It was great having you. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.